Act Four of the Misanthrope by Moliere, translated by Henri von Luan. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Act Four, Scene One, Eliante Felinte. No, never have I seen so obstinate a mind, nor a reconciliation more difficult to effect. In vain was Alceste tried on all sides. He would still maintain his opinion. And never, I believe, has a more curious dispute engaged the attention of those gentlemen. No, gentlemen, exclaimed he, I will not retract, and I shall agree with you on every point, except on this one. At what is Arant offended? And with what does he reproach me? Does it reflect upon his honor that he cannot write well? what is my opinion to him which he has altogether wrongly construed one may be a perfect gentleman and write bad verses those things have nothing to do with honour i take him to be a gallant man in every way a man of standing of merit and courage anything you like but he is a wretched author i shall praise if you wish his mode of living, his lavishness, his skill in riding, in fencing, in dancing. But as to praising his verses, I am his humble servant, and if one has not the gift of composing better, one ought to leave off rhyming altogether, unless condemned to do it on forfeit of one's life. In short, all the modification they could with difficulty obtain from him was to say, in what he thought a much gentler tone, I am sorry, sir, to be so difficult to please, and out of regard for you, I would wish, with all my heart, to have found your sonnet a little better. And they compelled them to settle this dispute quickly with an embrace. He is very eccentric in his doings, but I must confess that I think a great deal of him, and the candor upon which he prides himself has something noble and heroic in it it is a rare virtue nowadays and i for one should not be sorry to meet with it everywhere as for me the more i see of him the more i am amazed at that passion to which his whole heart is given up i cannot conceive how with a disposition like his he has taken it into his head to love at all and still less can i understand how your cousin happens to be the person to whom his feelings are inclined that shows that love is not always produced by compatibility of temper and in this case all the pretty theories of gentle sympathies are belied but do you think him beloved in return to judge from what we see <laughs> that is a point not easily decided how can we judge whether it be true she loves her own heart is not so very sure of what it feels it sometimes loves without being quite aware of it and at other times thinks it does without the least grounds i think that our friend will have more trouble with this cousin of yours than he imagines and to tell you the truth if he were of my mind he would bestow his affections elsewhere and by a better choice we should see him madam profit by the kind feelings which your heart evinces for him as for me i do not mince matters and i think that in such cases we ought to act with sincerity i do not run counter to his tender feelings on the contrary i feel interested in them 
and if it depended only on me i would unite him to the object of his love but if as it may happen in love affairs his affections should receive a check and if silly men should respond to the love of any one else i could easily be prevailed upon to listen to his addresses and i should have no repugnance whatever to them on account of their rebuff elsewhere nor do i from my side oppose myself madam to the tender feelings which you entertain for him and he himself if he wished could inform you what i have taken care to say to him on that score but if by the union of those two you should be prevented from accepting his attentions all mine would endeavour to gain that great favour which your kind feelings offer to him only too happy madam to have them transferred to myself if his heart could not respond to yours you are in the humour to jest Philand. not so madam i am speaking my inmost feelings i only wait the opportune moment to offer myself openly and am wishing most anxiously to hurry its advent scene two alceste eliante felinte ah madam obtain me justice for an offence which triumphs over all my constancy what ails you what disturbs you this much ails me that it is death to me to think of it and the upheaving of all creation would less overwhelm me than this accident it is all over with me my love i cannot speak just endeavour to be composed oh just heaven must so many charms be allied to most odious vices of the most perfidious hearts but once more what can have alas all is ruined i am i am betrayed i am stricken to death Solomon, would you credit it Solomon deceives me and is faithless have you just grounds for believing so perhaps it is a suspicion rashly conceived and your jealous temper often harbours fancies ah sedeath please to mind your own business sir to eliante her treachery is but too certain for i have my pocket a letter in her own handwriting yes madam a letter intended for a rant has placed before my eyes my disgrace and her shame a rant whose addresses i believe she avoided and whom of all my rivals i feared the least a letter may deceive by appearances and is sometimes not so culpable as may be thought once more sir leave me alone if you please and trouble yourself only about your own concerns you should moderate your passion and the insult you must be left to do that madam it is to you that my heart has recourse to-day to free itself from this goading pain avenge me on an ungrateful and perfidious relative who basely deceives such constant tenderness avenge me for an act that ought to fill you with horror i avenge you how by accepting my heart take it madam instead of the false one it is in this way that i can avenge myself upon her 
and i shall punish her by the sincere attachment and the profound love the respectful cares the eager devotions the ceaseless attentions which this heart will henceforth offer up at your shrine i certainly sympathize with you in your sufferings and i do not despise your proffered heart but the wrong done may not be so great as you think and you might wish to forego this desire for revenge when the injury proceeds from a beloved object we form many designs which we never execute we may find as powerful a reason as we like to break off the connection the guilty charmer is soon again innocent all the harm we wish her quickly vanishes and we know what a lover's anger means no no madam no the offence is too cruel there'll be no relenting and i have done with her nothing shall change the resolution i have taken and i should hate myself for ever loving her again here she comes my anger increases at her approach i shall taunt her with her black guilt completely put her to the blush and after that bring you a heart wholly freed from her deceitful attractions scene three solemne alceste alceste aside grant heaven that i may control my temper solemne aside oh to alceste what is all this trouble that i see you in and what mean those long-drawn sighs and those black looks which you cast at me that all the wickedness of which a heart is capable is not to be compared to your perfidy that neither fate hell nor heaven in its wrath ever produced anything so wicked as you are these are certainly pretty compliments which i admire very much do not jest this is no time for laughing blush rather you have cause to do so and i have undeniable proofs of your treachery this is what the agitations of my mind prognosticated it was not without cause that my love took alarm by these frequent suspicions which were hateful to you i was trying to discover the misfortune which my eyes have beheld and in spite of all your care and your skill in dissembling my star foretold me what i had to fear but do not imagine that i will bear unavenged the slight of being insulted i know that we have no command over our inclinations that love will everywhere spring up spontaneously that there is no entering a heart by force and that every soul is free to name its conqueror i should thus have no reason to complain if you had spoken to me without dissembling and rejected my advances from the very beginning my heart would then have been justified in blaming fortune alone but to see my love encouraged by deceitful avowal on your part is an action so treacherous and perfidious that it cannot meet with too great a punishment 
and I can allow my resentment to do anything. Yes, yes, after such an outrage, fear everything. I am no longer myself. I am mad with rage. My senses, struck by the deadly blow with which you kill me, are no longer governed by reason. I give way to the outburst of a just wrath, and am no longer responsible for what I may do. Whence comes, I pray, such a passion? Speak! Have you lost your senses? Yes, yes, I lost them when, to my misfortune, I beheld you, and thus took the poison which kills me. And when I thought to meet with some sincerity in those treacherous charms that bewitched me. Of what treachery have you to complain? Ah, how double-faced she is! How well she knows how to dissemble! But I am fully prepared with a means of driving her to extremities. Cast your eyes here and recognize your writing. This picked-up note is sufficient to confound you, and such proof cannot easily be refuted. And this is the cause of your perturbation of spirits? You do not blush on beholding this writing? And why should I blush? What? You add boldness to craft? Will you disown this note because it bears no name? Why should I disown it since I wrote it? And you can look at it without becoming confused at the crime of which its style accuses you? You are, in truth, a very eccentric man. What? You thus outbrave this convincing proof? And the contents, so full of tenderness, for a rant, need have nothing in them to outrage me, or to shame you? A rant? Who told you that this letter is for him? The people who put it into my hands this day. But I will even suppose that it is for someone else. Has my heart any less cause to complain of yours? Will you, in fact, be less guilty toward me? But if it is a woman to whom this letter is addressed, how can it hurt you? Or what is there culpable in it? Hum. The prevarication is ingenious, and the excuse excellent. I must own that I did not expect this turn, and nothing but that was wanting to convince me. Do you dare to have recourse to such palpable tricks? Do you think people entirely destitute of common sense? <sighs> Come, let us see a little by what subterfuge, with what air, you will support so palpable a falsehood, and how you can apply to a woman every word of this note, which invinces so much tenderness. Reconcile, if you can, to hide your deceit, what I am about to read. It does not suit me to do so. I think it ridiculous that you should take so much upon yourself, and tell me, to my face, what you have the daring to say to me. No, no. Without flying into a rage, take a little trouble to explain these terms. No, I shall do nothing of the kind, and it matters very little to me what you think upon the subject. I pray you, show me, and I shall be satisfied, 
if this letter can be explained as meant for a woman not at all it is for a rent, and i will have you believe it i accept all his attentions gladly i admire what he says i like him and i shall agree to whatever you please do as you like and act as you think proper let nothing hinder you and do not harass me any longer alceste aside heavens can anything more cruel be conceived was ever heart treated like mine what i am justly angry with her i come to complain and i am quarrelled with instead my grief and my suspicions are excited to the utmost i am allowed to believe everything she boasts of everything and yet my heart is still sufficiently mean not to be able to break the bonds that hold it fast and not to arm itself with a generous contempt for the ungrateful object of which it is too much enamoured to Selimine. perfidious woman you know well how to take advantage against myself of my great weakness and to employ for your own purpose that excessive astonishing and fatal love which your treacherous looks have inspired defend yourself at least from a crime that overwhelms even me and cease that affectation of being culpable against me show me if you can the innocence of this note my affection will even consent to assist you at any rate endeavor to appear faithful and i shall strive to believe you such oh, you are mad with your jealous frenzies and do not deserve the love which i have for you i should much like to know what could compel me to stoop for you to the baseness of dissembling and why if my heart were disposed toward another i should not say so candidly what does the kind assurance of my sentiments toward you not defend me sufficiently against all your suspicions ought they to possess any weight at all with such a guarantee is it not insulting me even to listen to them and since it is with the utmost difficulty that we can resolve to confess our love since the strict honour of our sex hostile to our passion strongly opposes such a confession ought a lover who sees such an obstacle overcome for his sake doubt with impunity our avowal and is he not greatly to blame in not assuring himself of the truth of that which is never said but after a severe struggle with oneself be gone such suspicions deserve my anger and you are not worthy of being cared for i am silly and am vexed at my own simplicity in still preserving the least kindness for you i ought to place my affections elsewhere and give you a just cause for complaint ah you traitress mine is a strange infatuation for you <sighs> those tender expressions are no doubt meant only to deceive me but it matters little i must submit to my fate my very soul is wrapped up in you i will see to the bitter end how your heart will act towards me and whether it will be black enough to deceive me no you do not love me as you ought to love indeed nothing is to be compared to my exceeding love and in its eagerness to show itself to the whole world 
it goes even so far as to form wishes against you yes i could wish that no one thought you handsome that you were reduced to a miserable existence that heaven at your birth had bestowed upon you nothing that you had no rank no nobility no wealth so that i might openly proffer my heart and thus make amends to you for the injustice of such a lot and that this very day i might have the joy and the glory of seeing you owe everything to my love this is wishing me well in a strange way heaven grant that you may never have occasion but here comes monsieur de bois curiously decked out scene four solemne alceste dubois what means this strange attire and that frightened look what ails you sir well the most mysterious event what is it our affairs are turning out badly sir what shall i speak out yes do in quickly is there no one there curse your trifling will you speak sir we, we must be to retreat what do you mean we must steal away from this quietly and why i tell you that we must leave this place the reason you must go sir without staying to take leave but what is the meaning of this strain the meaning is sir that you must make yourself scarce i shall knock you on the head to a certainty booby if you do not explain yourself more clearly a fellow sir with a black dress and as black a look got as far as the kitchen to leave a paper with us scribbled over in such a fashion that old nick himself could not have read it it is about your lawsuit i make no doubt but the very devil i believe could not make head nor tail of it well what then what has the paper to do with the going away of which you speak you scoundrel i, I must tell you sir that about an hour afterwards a gentleman who often calls came to ask for you quite eagerly and not finding you at home quietly told me knowing how attached i am to you to let you know stop a moment what what the deuce is his name never mind his name you scoundrel and tell me what he told you he is one of your friends in short that is sufficient he told me that for your very life you must get away from this and that you are threatened with arrest but how has he not specified anything no he has asked me for ink and paper and has sent you a line for which you can i think fathom the mystery hand it over then what can all this mean i do not know but i am anxious to be informed have you almost done devil take you dubois after having fumbled for some time for the note um uh let, let's see uh where um yeah uh oh uh yeah after all sir i have left it on your table i do not know what keeps me from do not put yourself in a passion but go and unravel this perplexing business it seems that fate whatever i may do has sworn to prevent my having a conversation with you but to get the better of her allow me to see you again madam before the end of the day end of act four